welcome to the Nutrition Burnout Podcast, your home for food and body obsession. I'm your host, Christy Brown, founder and creator of Intuitively Strong. Well, hello, my friends. You get the sexy voice today. I am fresh off the plane from Vegas, and I don't know if it's a cold that my kids brought home from school, uh, or if I just partied way too hard, but you get (laughs) the sexy voice. So we're going to get deep. And we're going to get kind of fresh with this topic here. So I have brought this podcast to you because actually one of my clients is going through this. And at the same time, I was listening to this YouTube video called Dopamine Detox. And just like I do with everything in life is I take what I hear, what I read, um, experiences that I've had, and I turn them into ways to help us end binge eating. Because binge eating, as we all know, people who have been in this for a long time, it's more of a psychological factor than it is a physical factor. So when we really get down to the meat and potatoes of it, (laughs) pun intended, um, what it really is, is it's not about the food. It's about underlying, binge eating is about underlying issues and needs not being met, right? It's about us not giving attention to our emotions that are now bubbling up, bubbling up, and their way of exploding is through binge eating. So I want to get into the fact of why your brain doesn't want you to stop binge eating, because there is scientific proof of literally like our primal human being brains not wanting you to end binge eating. There is a reason for that. And also I want to talk about the reason we almost feel a depression after we binge eat or um, in this case, what my client is going through She's ended binge eating. She sent me an email. Um, I have these phases I take my clients through. The first phase is about three months long and you're done binge eating by the end of it. Uh, And then after that, the second phase is we go into uh, find your nutritional rhythm, right? So there's phases to this process. I have a structured way that I work with my clients to end binge eating and to trust themselves around food. And she's finished phase one. She sent me an email saying, I have been two months binge free and it is the most glorious thing ever. But now she's like, I'm I'm at this place where I have no motivation. I feel like I have no intention. And she feels hopeless, almost like depressed in a way. And I want to talk about this because there is a reason why this is happening. And it has a lot to do with what I call the control transfer. I make up a lot of names, but it works. So hear me out. Talk to me here. Um, Actually, I'm going to talk to you about this. But I want you, if you're listening, give me a quick hell yeah. Uh, I don't care if anybody's around you or if you're in your car or if you're on a walk and you're listening to this. If you hear something that you're like, Oh my God, that was, I feel it. I'm getting it. I'm picking up what you're throwing down. Christy, I'm grilling what you're tenderizing. Then I want you to like, give me a quick fist pump because I know I won't see it, but I'll feel that. (laughs) I'll feel that energy. So, all right. I want to get into one of the main characters of binge eating, which is dopamine. So dopamine is a hormone that is built within our bodies. And hormones are extremely important, especially as women, but I mean, in men too, but 
we have a lot of things have to do with our hormones and our hormones are built on the foods that we eat. So all of this is kind of this never ending circle and this cycle of what, what's going on. So let's talk about binge eating. Let's talk about uh, how binge eating actually stems from two different factors. So first, uh, this activity is binge eating. It's really easy to do, right? It's so easy just to say, fuck it. I can't handle it today. I feel like shit. I'm just going to go do this. I don't care. Your diet rebel comes out and it's like, I don't care if I get fat. I don't care if I eat this. I'm just going to eat it all. Nothing matters anymore. And you kind of just get into this phase. Um, what's also happened in this physical aspect is you almost get this high, this adrenaline off of binge eating. Uh, I know binge eating is also very, uh, you know, it's, it's sidekick is secret eating and emotional eating. So binge eating is kind of the ringleader here. So while binge eating is fairly easy, not binge eating or kind of saying, no, I'm not going to binge eat anymore. I'm actually just going to deal with the problem head on is more mentally exhausting and it's way more difficult. So there are two reasons for this. There are two reasons why we binge eat. The first one is physical and the second one is mental. And I'm going to go real quick on the physical um, because if you do not have the physical in check, you cannot move on to the mental. I don't care how a-okay you are and meditating every day and feeling mentally healthy, if you're still restricting physically, then you will still binge eat. You need both of these to end binge eating. You need to tackle the physical and the mental. So the physical involves, let's say you're eating 1,200 calories a day. You're under eating severely. Just so you know, 1,200 calories is about how much my toddler should be eating, my five-year-old toddler. So in that perspective, you're an adult. You need way more calories than that. You're bigger, you're a taller person, like you just need more calories. 1200 calories a day is a recipe for a binge. That will take you straight into overeating, feeling out of control around food, no doubt, 100%. So, and even if you're like, oh, Christy, but I'm on 1500 or I'm on 1800, um, you know, sometimes even I remember going back to 2200, which was my maintenance at one point, and even that felt restrictive to me because I was just so into it and way too obsessed with food that anything, if you told me that I had to stand under 3000 calories a day, I probably still would have binge ate because it still felt like a restriction. So anytime you have that restriction mindset, your mind is going to want to find what's scarce. It's going to want to get you that thing that, that is so, um, restricted in your world or in a deficit. So the physical, if you undereat in calories, you will overeat at night or during the weekend. So maybe you're like, okay, Christy, but I eat clean. I probably eat 2,000 to 3,000 calories a day and just clean foods, but I still binge eat. Well, there's what's called numerical restriction, what I call it, and then there's also satisfaction restriction. So as you know, I do not label foods as good or bad, right? Foods are neither good nor bad. The healthiest person in the world could eat a cookie and it doesn't make them unhealthy. So I call more nourishing foods uh, nourishing. I don't call them good foods. And I call less nourishing foods, which you might call bad foods, I call them less nourishing or fun foods or party foods or comfort foods, whatever it is. So whatever you want to call it, call it that. But when you undereat in satisfaction, what you're doing 
is you're still creating a deficit. You're creating a satisfaction deficit. So by me restricting, let's say you can have anything you want to eat in the entire world, you just can't eat carbs, right? Now all of a sudden you're like, oh man, what I wouldn't do for a piece of pizza. Or you're at a restaurant and the bread bowl comes out and you're just like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Man, I could live off of bread and butter. Like bread and butter are my jam. And I don't like jam on my bread and butter. I love straight bread and butter. I could eat that every day for the rest of my life. I would be so happy. I love bread and butter. But by restricting that and taking it away from me, it makes me want it more. And it makes me hence binge on it. So there is numerical restriction. And then there is also satisfaction restriction. And especially when you do both, when you restrict calories and then also restrict certain food groups like carbs or sugar or fats or anything like that, or anything with trans fats, anything, you're really just setting yourself up for another binge. So that is the physical part of binge eating. Binge eating stems from deprivation in any form. And then let's get on to the mental, which is what this whole segment is about. So thank you to my client, my beautiful, wonderful client who is going through something so difficult and so hard. I was like, I'm going to tell you this, but I, I want to tell everybody because I know that more people are struggling with this because the mental side is so much harder than the physical side. So let's get into this. So dopamine. All right. Dopamine is the center of attention. It is the bell of the ball here. This is exactly where a lot of our binge eating problems and issues stem from. But hold up, dopamine's also pretty cool. So dopamine is a hormone like we talked about, but it's a pleasure molecule. It's been known as the pleasure molecule. It gives you uh, motivation is is what it does. Dopamine gives you that feel good, yeah, I want to get up and work out. Yeah, I want to go do this. Yeah, it feels good. That's that reward center that we're all looking for. If you think about it, whenever we do something, we're looking for a reward. Uh, Let's say you go to work from nine to five, right? You're looking for that reward of money at the end. Let's say uh, you make dinner, you're looking forward to that reward of feeding your hunger. Um, Even if you uh, shoot, like go work out, you're looking for that reward of panting and sweating and just having that feel good I did it moment right dopamine is pretty cool and it's it's a hormone that we create ourselves in our brain in our bodies so this gives us the motivation to get up and do shit right so in this YouTube video that I was watching that dopamine detox by uh, I think it was better than yesterday was the the group he talked about this and again I'm kind of putting it into my own words here, but um, he talked about this research project that the scientists did with rats. And what they did was they put these rats in this controlled environment and these, they implanted these electrodes into the rats' brains and basically created a lever for rats to pull down on. And every time they pulled down on the lever, it would stimulate a dopamine hit. And what happened was they kept pulling it for hours and hours because it felt good, right? It's like getting instant shots of cocaine. (laughs) You're just like, yeah, this feels great, like awesome. And what happened was they actually refused to eat or sleep. They just kept pulling the lever and they would pull on it until they like fell asleep (laughs) pulling the lever. So then they started to reverse that process. And what they did was they blocked the release of dopamine. So now every time they hit that lever, they would do it, but they would expect it and then they would get the release, but then they wouldn't get that hit. So 
they started noticing that, well, this doesn't feel as good anymore. So they got really depressed. All of a sudden, these rats like just had almost no reason to live. They they wouldn't even get up to go eat. If you put the food in front of them, they would eat, but they wouldn't even mate. They wouldn't run around. They wouldn't do anything like before. So they had no motivation to get up and do anything. So the whole point of this research project was that if an activity releases a lot of dopamine, you're going to do it over and over and over again. But if it's not immediate or if it only gives just a little bit of a dopamine hit, it won't do it. So it will still give you that hit, but you're not going to be like, ooh, I want to do it again and again. Like something to give you an example of low dopamine hit is even drinking water. Like drinking water gives you a dopamine hit, but very small one. That's because of how we're built primarily. Um, you know, even eating, eating if you ate a freaking salad, right, with nothing on it, you'd still get a dopamine hit because your body wants to reward you for keeping it alive. Same thing with, uh, you know, getting a good night's sleep or with drinking water. It wants to reward you for keeping it alive. But when we get those high dopamine hits, those ones that are just like, ooh, immediate and intense, those ones are really similar to um, like video games or games on your phone. Those give you, you know, Candy Crush, you get that level. Boom, I want another level. Scrolling through your phone. There's a reason why TikTok and Instagram do it the way they do it because you're like, okay, just one more. Okay, just one more. Okay, just one. And then an hour later, you're like, I'm doing TikTok dances in my head and I can't stop. I'm down the black rabbit hole and it's now 3 a.m. So some other things that really give you that high intense dopamine hit are, I mean, binge eating is definitely one of them. Um, Sex. uh, Something else is uh, adrenaline rushes. Adrenaline rushes do it. Exercise does. Um, What else? It could be like gambling. Gambling is a big one too because it's, if you think about it, pulling down on those slot machines, it's like, okay, again, okay, again. But the problem with these quick dopamine hits is that they only last like seconds. So so let's bring this back. Let's round this back up to what binge eating is. Let's put this dopamine hit in the whole binge eating realm because I want to really paint a really clear picture for you of what's going on. So when you go up to binge eat, you're that rat pulling the le- the lever, right? You are just pulling down on that lever because you're like, I want another hit, I want another hit, I want another hit. And that lever is the food. And what you're looking for is that sense of uh, adrenaline. You're looking for that sense of, oh, I'm doing something bad because I think that's what we really miss the most. As binge eaters, I can remember that feeling of, oh, I'm like planning a binge. I loved to plan binges because it was just like, I never meant to actually go through with them, but it felt good at the time. And that's what it was. It was that dopamine hit of the adrenaline. It was the dopamine hit of, oh, I hope nobody finds me. Or when my husband would run upstairs to go help the kids with something or because a kid got out of bed, I would run to the kitchen and I'm like, all right, I probably have like 30 seconds and I would see what I could shove in my mouth, you know, or while uh, they're in the room, the living room right next to me while I was doing dishes, I would see uh, how much food I could like shove in my face off of their plates. I would be the one licking 
cupcakes and frosting off of people's plates at parties like other people's because it was just so forbidden to me and it was this act of adrenaline and that's where I got most of my dopamine hits from was just the naughtiness of binge eating it was like ooh, I'm doing something bad this is exciting it was it was exciting for me so that's somewhere else that not a lot of people talk about this but if it's the same thing with, with gambling. It's almost like when I could expect to binge or when I was like, all right, I've gone five days of eating super clean or sticking to my plan, then I knew a binge was coming. That was a really long time. Usually it was every two to three days that I'd binge eat. And when I binge ate too, I, I was a purger. I, I would purge as well. So it was just that satisfaction of cleaning up my mess. And I'm like using air quotes here. But the fact is, even when you get ready, you're like, all right, I know I'm going to binge. I'm going to do this. He's he's walking up the stairs. They're out of the house. They're out of the room. Uh, especially when I was alone, this seems to happen even more. It would get worse when I was alone because that binge eating, it was like, well, I'm here. It was almost like a trigger for me to binge eat because if people were around, then I didn't want to seem like a binge eater. Binge eating is such a embarrassing thing. It's nothing that you're proud of, but when you do it, it's almost exciting to have in a very weird and awkward way. So the anticipation of binge eating even started my dopamine engine. It really kind of just started revving that engine to where I was like, ooh, here it comes. And I would start to get the fumes of the dopamine and I could just see mentally all of the the neurons and atoms creating this molecule of, of this hormone in my brain. And then it would just like shoot like a rocket ship and I would never see it again. It's almost like the climax, if you will, you know, the, the, when you're in the midst of eating, it's the climax. It's the part where you orgasm, (laughs) you literally like have a food orgasm and, and your brain just explodes. And then you get that kind of almost guilty, shameful feeling afterwards, which is that dopamine downer. It's, it's almost like taking a drug and coming down from it. Now, when you come down from it, you're without the drug, you have little tiny trails of it, but it's, it's going away quicker and quicker. So now that depression sets in of what the fuck did I just do? What just happened? And that naughtiness, now just seems so shameful. It seems so judgmental and it's so incredibly embarrassing. You're you're tired of yourself. You feel terrible on top of it. So now again, you have that physical and mental angle where you're just like, uh, so you do it again because you restrict. You do it again because you're going back to that 1200 calorie diet, because you're only eating clean. And you do it again because you want that feeling, you want to feel something again. You want to have that feeling, that rush, that adrenaline, that energy, um, anything to make you feel alive, really. So binge eating really thrives on that reward system. It's that expectation of a reward is coming. And if you think about it, after you've had a long day at work, after the kids have just been screaming all day, after you're freaking exhausted, after you're so upset because you missed your workout or you had that donut that somebody brought in and you're like, why did I do that? You're so mad at yourself. So of course your brain is looking for pleasure. Of course your brain is looking for uh, a reason to say, oh, my gosh, you are good. See, this feels good. Our brains are always looking to avoid pain and find pleasure. Our brains are 
always looking for that. And it will always, especially if it's been in a deficit all day long, it will search for a short-term fix, aka that drug, that food, that binge, that experience of feeling that high. That's what you're really looking for. It's not the food itself. It's the experience of binge eating. You're looking for that dopamine hit, that reward, that high. You're looking for it and you want to know that it's coming. And it probably all makes sense now because you're just like, Yep, I have had some rough days and those rough days are kind of like, you know, especially when you add in that physical part of pulling that restriction bow back, the more you pull it back, the more days you go at that 1200 calorie diet or even on this 1500 calorie plan that's like got you thinking about food all the time and hungry 20 minutes after you eat something, you're just pulling that bow back further and further and eventually you're going to have to let go and the arrow is going to go straight into binge city because your brain is looking for that reward. So there's also this thing called homeostasis. So our body loves to stay balanced and when it's out of balance, aka when we've been dieting for too long and by too long, I mean when you're on that wellness plan again my little air quotes here when you're on that wellness plan or you're on that restrictive diet or you're on that um a plan where you can only eat foods from this approved food list or from these containers or whatever it might be, your body is going to feel out of balance. So when to get back into balance, the only way for it to feel that you know, it's been on that extreme side is to go right back to that other extreme side of binge. And that's where the binge restrict cycle comes in. You'll hear a lot of people talk about that pendulum swing, right? Where it just goes all the way over to binge, all the way over to restrict, all the way over to binge, all the way over to restrict. And if you look at the rhythm of it, it's usually um, like early in the morning, you're going to restrict and then it tapers off. And then all of a sudden at the end of the day, you're like, screw it, binge. Or um, a lot of people will do the Monday through Friday thing as restrict and then the weekend will be a total binge. So there's a rhythm to this swing. And where the homeostasis comes in is when you get into this swing, your body will find homeostasis or balance within that swing. So now your body is so used to bang, restrict, bang, binge. You're going back and forth hard, like slamming like a freaking dodgeball back and forth between the walls. You don't have this nice rhythmic effortless eating. Food is anything but effortless at this point. Food feels hard. It feels like you're thinking about it all day long. It feels like it's taking over your life. And that's now your current homeostasis. Let me give you an example of this. So my friends moved to Florida and they're from Michigan. So Michigan, we have really cold weather here. And when they moved to Florida, it it was super hot. Like we're not used to that kind of hot. But when they moved back to Michigan after a year of being in Florida, they forgot what these cold weathers were like, what these winters were like. And their body adapted and adjusted to the warmer weather to where they were just wearing, you know, coats. And even when it was 40 degrees, they were like, it's freezing cold. They were wearing their parkas that they would wear up here in like zero degree weather. And we're like, what happened to you? And like, you're from Michigan. You know how cold works. Like that's 40 degrees is like flip flops and shorts for us. But he's 
he's like, no, like my body's completely adapted. So it's, they were talking about that. That is their homeostasis, their body trying to adapt to the weather out there. Well, our bodies are doing the same thing. It's like, literally, if I could put this into perspective, it's like your body moving from Florida to Michigan, to Florida, to Michigan, to Florida, to Michigan. Your body's eventually going to be like, ah, I'm really cold. I'm really hot. I'm really cold. And then all of a sudden it's going to find this homeostasis within that chaotic, I'm not even going to call it a rhythm. I'm going to call it the slam, the slam rhythm. It's like this chaotic boom, 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 boom. So your body's going to always try and find homeostasis. And now what it's dealing with is chronic dieting, always being on something. And right now your metabolism's probably screwed up. Your metabolism's probably really low. Your body doesn't trust itself around food. You feel ravenous around food. There's so many things that are happening now, which brings me to tolerance. So tolerance is, I'm sure you all know this, and and a very general um, uh, metaphor for this is, I mean, alcoholism. Because if you think about it, shoot, when you first turn 21, or maybe, I mean, all of my mamas out there know that if you've been pregnant, you have a drink after you get back from pregnancy and you're just like, whoa, I am wasted. And you're like, how am I getting drunk off of one beer? Well, your tolerance isn't that high. You haven't drank in, you know, 10 plus months. So the tolerance will get lower and lower. So same with antibiotics. Why your doctors don't want you to take antibiotics all the time because your body's going to get used to it. Okay. Okay. So what's, what's the plan, Christy? I get it. I understand what you're saying. I, I get this dopamine thing. I get why my brain wants to stay on what's easy. It's the homeostasis that I'm at. My tolerance level is, is super high right now for, for food, for binge eating. What do I do? So this is where I would highly advise a diet culture detox. So this is actually what my phase one clients go through is, is a diet culture detox. Um, I, I always give you full permission on foods, but I do it in a structured way. And yes, if you did want to know more about my Courageous Nourisher program to end binge eating, the links are in my show notes in the podcast episode here, but you do not have to. You can always do this on your own uh, and allow yourself for full permission on all foods and really challenge those thoughts, those diet culture thoughts of I can't eat past a certain time or I have to restrict carbs or sugar or um, Oreos are bad for me. I would learn how to habituate those foods and how to keep them in your house so that way you don't binge on them. I would go through that diet culture detox and really get yourself to a place to where you're trusting yourself around food. And if you trust yourself around food, that means allowing all foods to fit. So that is the first step is to go into that diet culture detox. Now, once you're out of that step and where my current client is, where you just don't have food anymore as your way to numb out or to fix or to avoid something or a feeling that you're trying to hide. This is where the tough part comes in to where now you have to start looking your fears straight in the face and dealing with them. You have to say, come in, motherfucker, let's dance. Like, I'm going to invite you in for tea and then we're going to get down and busy. Let's talk. Let's hash this shit out. I'm done feeling like shit because you do. When when you start getting to this place of, well, now it's like, I feel like I've always struggled my whole life. This goes for all my perfectionist people pleasers and overachievers. <laughs> I'm raising my hand who are mostly binge eaters, I've noticed. Um, 
you always feel like you need a struggle, like you need something to work on. And usually, as we've all been told our whole lives, that is your body, that is yourself, that is losing weight, that is shrinking yourself. And that is something we've always went to. When we couldn't control life outside of us, we went to dieting. If you notice the last time you went on a diet, what was going on in your life? You probably had a vacation coming up or something coming up and you wanted to look good for it. Or sometimes you were just like, I have this thing going on at work and I'm going to go on a diet. Or that's why diets come in at the weirdest times when you're just like, I have 17 million things going on. Let me also add in seven hours of meal prep per week and dieting my life away while going to the gym three hours a day. So this is a lot of the times why we we go to dieting because we're fixing something in our minds. And of course, um, our brains are like, you know, we're always looking for the familiar. We're always going for what we've experienced before. And a lot of times if we think we'll experience failure, we'll go back to the thing that we've always failed at because at least we know what it feels like to fail there. So when you get into this place, the first thing I really want you to focus on is your self-image. So your self-image is how you view yourself, okay? This has nothing to do with you physically. It has everything to do with who you are, the type of person that you are. And if you don't know who you are, think of the type of person that you want to be. I always tell my clients, Who is the healthiest version of yourself? Like paint a picture. How do they talk? How do they think about themselves? What would they do in this situation, right? And I want you to start walking into that personality. And the next thing that I really want you to work on is (laughs) my client feels like she's in survival mode right now because everything seems hard, even showering. This is like a serious depression. I'm taking away your favorite toy. Okay, you don't have this to run back to anymore. This is like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? It's like me taking your phone away. You're going to be like, Christy, I don't know what to do. But this kind of form of of detox is is really going to help you because you may feel like you're in survival mode and that you're just like, I'm just trying to get through life right now. Like this is so freaking hard. So something I tell my clients to do is to pick a top top three for the day, okay? I don't want you to load up your schedule and overdo it and you're just gonna have something else that you're gonna fail at, right? Well, great, that's just something else I just didn't get to. So I want you to pick your top three. Like my client was talking about how she's like, I have six piles of laundry on my floor. I can't even get myself to to do the laundry anymore. And she's like, I am i don't binge eat anymore, but now I have this like crazy to depression almost going on and I'm like sister I get it like I felt the exact same way too it's like you've got to learn how to function and deal with this this person this persona that's been hiding within you all along that you've been covering up with binge eating and now she's bubbling up and now she's here and she is torn and savage and scrawny looking and you need to feed her you need to pay attention to her you need to ask her what she needs you need to give her a hug and say thank you for sticking with me Um, thank you for being here this entire time because I've put you through a lot of shit and this is your self-image this is who you are inside this is the person that you've always wanted to be and she is in rough shape right so we've got to start saying okay let's start with the simple things let's start with the easy things and just literally take one step forward. That's all we need to do. Uh, We don't need to create this huge, ginormous transition plan that we're going to 
you know, get our lives together and be the happiest person ever in 30 days, right? This is an ongoing journey, but we're going to at least get your laundry done first. So I had her create a top three for per day and she's checking in with me every day of what her top three are. And like one of these days, just to give you an idea, I, I want you to always think about, I always go back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? When our basic needs aren't being met, right? Like uh, water, sleep, food, shelter, we will always go back to those. I don't care if you're on a journey to get a freaking Rolls Royce. If you're not eating or if you're not sleeping, you will always drop back down and it will make you feel like you're falling off your goalpost. But really, your body is just like, hey, we, we need to be in survival mode. We need to survive. You need to fill me up with at least my basic needs and my basic needs need to be met. So I kind of went back through those. I'm like, hey, are you getting enough water, enough sleep? She goes, no, no. So her goal was to drink, I think she said like a half a gallon of water um, a day. She's like, I definitely have to drink more water. She's like, that is number one it. I'm feeling so just thirsty all the time and I know I'm not getting enough in and she's definitely not getting enough sleep in. Um, This girl uh, does (laughs) classes at night after work. So she's super, super busy. And then she's like, I've got to get my laundry done. So I'm like, cool. We got our three right there. She's like, okay. I'm like, this is literally all I want you to do. If you get these three things done, right? You get one load of laundry done. That's it. I just need you to have some clean underwear tomorrow. Okay. Get one load of laundry done. I need you to go to sleep at a decent hour. And if you don't, I need you to take a nap. Okay. Step three, I need you to drink your freaking water. And she's like, is that it? I'm like, yep. That's literally all I want you to do for like the next week is to give me your top three every single day and let me know what that is. And if you do get done with those top three things, or maybe one thing is going to take over, you know, two of your top threes. So maybe you have a top three, top two. Um, if that's like that, those are the absolute musts that you have to get done that day. One of my clients, I have her, I need you to feed yourself. I need you to eat breakfast. That That is the one thing I need you to do is just to eat breakfast today. And, and that's it. So it's, Everybody's so different. Everybody has their own path, but I want you to start thinking about your top three and what you need at this point. And then when you do get that done, then you can have that that reward, right? That reward bundle at the end of the day. And that's what you need to do. And then you can have that reward bundle at the end of the day where you scroll on TikTok, you can watch Netflix, do your candy crush, whatever it is, but do that after your top three have been met for the day. All right, this will give you that dopamine hit and make those things seem extra special while you're still getting your basic needs met. And remember that you can't complete this phase until you do that diet culture detox. Don't forget, this client was in phase two. She's already done the diet culture detox, so now we're working on more of the mental work. Physical first, mental second, okay? You have to uh, heal your relationship with food. You have to allow all foods to fit before you can really dive into this. Not to say you can't do both at the same time, but definitely the physical before the mental. And what you can do as well, especially if you're still in the midst of binge eating or if you're still in the midst of trying to figure out this depression after binge eating. So if you're in phase one, I really want you to ask yourself, what am I hoping this food is going to fix? Like, what am I looking for? For me, it was comfort a lot of the time. It was to feel heard, 
when I felt like I wasn't being heard, whether it was at work or at home or with my husband or with my family, whatever it was. And without me telling my husband that, <laughs> you guys are going to laugh at me, but I will never forget the day that I, I actually said this out loud to him. I was healing my relationship with food. I was like, shit, I am going to food because I am in need of attention. I really am. I need my husband to recognize me. I wasn't feeling recognized at work back when I worked at my previous job. And I was feeling really let down, but food was always there for me. It always seemed to be there for me. And it never talked back. And food was just my friend. And I needed somebody to pay attention to me. And it felt like food paid attention to me. And I thought, okay, if I'm feeling this at work, at my relationship, you know, I kind of talked to my husband about everything at work. And I talked to him. I was like, listen, I need right now, I need you to tell me I'm pretty. I need you to give me a kiss and I need you to hug me and smack my ass and tell me like I am the best wife in the entire world. And he looked at me like I was crazy. And I still do this to this day because I know if I don't communicate those needs, if I don't let them out, they're going to bubble up into something else. Even though I don't binge eat anymore, I take everything I've learned from binge eating and I use it in real life because this has come out in other destructive ways with my relationship with my husband. It has come out with me like not seeing what I actually need in life in in ways that uh, hurt my family, in ways that hurt myself. And I'm just at that point now where I want to talk about it. I want to get it out. This is how I feel. You know, my therapist always taught me to say it this way. It When you do this, it makes me feel like this. Or just to come out and be like, I need you to pay attention to me. And now it's not even weird when I say it to him. Because sometimes as, as women, we just need freaking attention. Like if you think about it, guys need sex. We need attention. We need lots of attention. And when we're not getting it, we're going to find it other places. And a lot of us find it in the pantry, in the kitchen, with food. And when I was really in the heart of my disordered eating relationship and disordered eating patterns and eating disorders, uh, I never felt like I was good enough. And it's almost like food was a way to fill me up. It was a way to make me feel fulfilled in that weird metaphorical sense. But our brains can grasp onto things um, very unconsciously. And even down to the fact that I started having my clients say, okay, when you binge eat or even, you know, if you're not binge eating, maybe you're just watching Netflix or something like that, but you're avoiding doing laundry or other things. If you're eating, what kind of food are you eating? Is it crunchy food or is it soft food? A lot of times the crunch will relieve that, that anger that we have. Uh, so if it's not eating, if you're watching a Netflix show, what kind of show are you watching? Are you watching a very aggressive, action-oriented horror film? Or are you watching a lovey-dovey, you know, notebook movie? Because that can also tell us what we need to feel. So I really want you to start getting in touch with those emotions that we've always been told to hide. Um, especially now as women. My gosh, um, women these days, we have been told you know, to be everything in this world now. It's not like the 1950s women that were, you know, we were taught to be, they were taught to be weak and housewives and to stay in the kitchen barefoot and pregnant. Now as women, we need to be strong. We need to be freaking warriors, but we need to be soft, but we need to be all these things. We need to be small. We need to be big, but not too big. And, you know, we need to make sure that we're nice and pretty and always kept up and, we have literally the entire world on our shoulders. So when we can take that off and just literally say, well, what do I want to be? 
we find that self-image, that first thing that we really need to work on. We find that piece of ourselves that's like, but without everybody else, what do I want to do? What do I want to do in this life? And, And I encourage you to think five years down the road, what are your goals? What do you want to work for? Maybe it's career-wise. Maybe you want to start a blog. Maybe you just want to be healthy uh, so you don't get winded walking up the stairs, right? Something as simple as that. Maybe you want to, you know, start being the mom that you've always wanted to be, or maybe you want to start traveling more. I mean, there's so many things out there that we need to start going for. And a lot of times it starts with something as simple as going back to our nostalgic past. What we did as kids. Shoot, I was, I told you this before, but I was an entrepreneur when I was little. I was making those little seed bead lizards, um, like earrings and necklaces and selling them door to door. Like I was always an entrepreneur. I love this life. And for so long, it took me forever because I never thought that I was capable of doing it. So when we start to get out of this familiar routine our brains are searching for, when we start getting into this uncomfortable feeling, when we start to really go for, like think about what we want and write it out um, without time or money being a factor, we have to start stepping into that person. And this will take over that new dopamine hit. This will take over that new need for, um, you know, the excitement and and something, you know, adrenaline rushing coming through us because we're starting something new. But this is what I call leveling up because we're going to go through what's called a control transfer. When we get rid of binge eating, it's going to attach onto something else, our need for improvement. We are human. We are always going to want to improve. We have that that biologically baked into us that we are looking for growth. And that's why a lot of people at this stage of their journey, especially my client who's in phase two right now, she's feeling like she has no growth when really it's it's so hard. All the growth she's done is on the inside. I mean, stopping binge eating and in, in like two months is something to absolutely celebrate. Um, but it doesn't seem so big because it's not visual. So we really need to go back, get into that cookie jar of things that we've accomplished and done in our lives. And we need to celebrate those when we start getting down on ourselves and we need to celebrate hard. We really, really have to start thinking of ourselves in the future and what you want to be and start stepping into that person, right? What, what would this person be doing right now? Would, would they be writing a paragraph a day to get their blog started? Would they be uh, starting to look up travel agencies or groups that are traveling together through their local church or their local community or whatever it might be? Would they be starting up that project at work that they always wanted to start it but never did? And at that point, you don't have to start off with a bang. Like, shoot, what's the next smallest thing I can do? I mean, some people, they just want to walk up the stairs without being um, like winded anymore, right? So the first thing I would do is go for a walk. The, the very next day or even today, whatever it is, I, I would, the first thing I would do is just put my shoes on, literally just put my shoes on. That's it. I wouldn't do anything else. And even if I got that far, it's still further than I was before, right? I would do like 10 squats before I got in the shower. I would take the stairs instead of the elevator. I'd park further away. So I had to walk further. I do those little things. And those are what's going to be that motivation that pushes us further. We've got to start getting used to those low dopamine hits again, okay? Drinking water, 
taking that little walk instead of taking the elevator. That's a dopamine hit. All right. So this was a long one. This was a lot, but I hope you all enjoyed this because whew, this, this was, this was deep <laughs> and it was in my sexy voice. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed it. But, uh, as far as that goes, my friends, if you have any other questions, by all means, email me back. I do have something extremely special going on because it is November. Um, I am creating the best freaking Black Friday offer ever. Trust me. It is going to be a holiday head start program. So you do not have to treat December as the ultimate binge month and January 1st as the ultimate Monday. We are going to dive into a very like five minute a day uh, kind of educational backbone that's going to help you end binge eating. And we're going to end it with a phenomenal New Year's Revolution Summit that I'm hosting at the end of December, where I'm going to help you build out your goals. I'm going to help you build out your plates, build out your meals so that you don't feel deprived. So my friends, get on my Sunday Scaries email list because that is the place where I will be sending this info out on Black Friday. And it is going to be a deal and it's going to include a 30-minute coaching session with moi that is one-on-one. So it is going to be the deal of a freaking lifetime. Like literally, I there's no way I can ever do this again. But I wanted to build something that... I needed back then because the holidays were so freaking scary for me and I wanted to give that to you. All right, my friends, this is all I have for you today. So until next time, stay courageous and stay nourished. Intuitively strong, out.